there are ways to diversify my portfolio, not just out of Wall Street, which was my initial goal, to diversify my portfolio out of the stock bonds, mutual funds, because that's where I had everything, you know, I raised for the cases. But there are ways to diversify your portfolio even further and go into other asset classes. This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. Thank you for tuning in today. Our guest is Alina Trigub from Samo Financial. We're going to talk about mobile home park investing. Alina has experience in multifamily, self-storage, and mobile home parks. And we chose to discuss mobile home parks because we haven't talked about mobile home parks on Passive Wealth Strategies yet. It's a great asset class. We're going to talk about some high-level principles when you're looking at mobile home park deals and markets, things that you should be evaluating when you're considering getting into a passive mobile home park investment. Alina's got a great amount of experience across this variety of asset classes. It was a fantastic conversation. She's very active on bigger pockets. So if you're active on there, you're thinking about getting on there, look her up. She's always putting up a lot of great content on there. And uh, yeah, once again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, yeah, let's get to it. Alina, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Taylor. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. Happy to talk to you. We talk all the time on Bigger Pockets, and it's just great to uh, great to have a conversation with you. So you have a a range of experience ranging to uh, uh, various real estate asset classes, multifamily self storage, and uh, mobile home parks. I really wanted to to get into the mobile home park aspect because we don't talk about that too often on this show, and and go over. You know, kind of the basics. I'm not a mobile home park investor for n- no particular reason. I just don't do it. Uh, but I think it's certainly valid and something that that folks should know about and should consider. So, you know, when we're first getting into maybe looking at mobile home park deals or mobile home park syndication deals, what are some high level criteria that that you look for in a mobile home park deal? Sure. So. Uh... Just like multifamily or even storages, each asset has something that's unique and applicable to this asset only. It doesn't apply to other assets. So when it comes to mobile home parks, um, one of the important things to remember is when you're looking at the offering uh, that's provided by the deal operator is uh, to look how many mobile homes within the park are tenant owned versus park owned and while uh, a lot of investors prefer to have tenant owned park from the get-go it's a lot more challenging to find such park where all or majority of the homes are tenant owned so what ends up happening is um, we find the parks where the majority of the homes are uh, park owned but uh, we uh, research the park and we research the area to see if we can implement lease to buy strategy and to see whether the specific area will be able to support the strategy. Because granted, you know, there's some areas where uh, people have income so low that they can't even afford to, to rent, uh, forget about buying. So we have to make sure that the area we're going in um, has a potential to attract tenants that will be able to, uh, to um, use the lease to buy option and potentially buy these homes from us and become the homeowners. And 
This strategy has a lot of advantages for the park itself, for the investors, and for the homeowners. Because if you think about it, uh, when someone is uh, leasing a place, you know, it's, it's just a place uh, that they use to put the roof over their head. When they finally buy this place, whether it's mobile home or an apartment, it becomes something of their own because something that they want to maintain, they want to keep take good care of, uh, maintain well, and they're obviously going to put a lot more effort into it, and uh, it's going to look a lot better than something that's uh, rented out. And that helps us as the park owners as well, because if uh, we transform each of the tenants into uh, a homeowner, a mobile homeowner, they want to make sure that you know they, they're proud owners of their homes, and we are proud owners of the mobile park that they maintain. So that helps us more or less to kill both birds at at once, if you will. And that's one of the um, strategies that that we look for when buying mobile home parks. Um, Another key aspect of mobile home park investing to keep in mind is that mobile home parks are one of these assets that are more or less recession-resistant. And now I don't say recession proof because I don't think there's anything that's completely recession proof. But um, when it absolutely comes, totally agree. Sure, when it comes to recession and recession resistant assets, um, mobile homes uh, one of those asset classes where if people cannot afford living in an apartment, they try to find uh, a less expensive option and whether it's downsizing from let's say three bedroom apartment into two or one bedroom apartment or going from you know an apartment into a mobile home that's another option that's a lot that a lot of people are implementing during the recession so that's why mobile homes tend to act as something as an asset class that tends to perform a lot better during the downturns and, you know that's that's something that we keep in mind when we um, underwriting the deal and when we're planning long term, especially these days when everyone talks about the recession. You know, regardless what asset class you're in, everybody is talking about the potential recession, but no one can predict when it's going to come, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's the nature of recessions. Nobody truly knows when it's coming, and um, there's there's quite a bit to unpack in what you said there. And and one of the things that I, I'd like to drill down on is the the comment about making sure the area supports the lease to buy strategy and and just general comments about the region picking your area market analysis all that good stuff I, I'd like to talk about that because you know no matter what kind of property we're buying we're, we can't move it we're stuck in that market once we buy it right sure. so when you're looking at a, a lease to buy strategy specifically or you're looking to figure out whether a, an area or a park will support that, what are some criteria that you look for to to project that whether that strategy is going to work in a particular area? So first and foremost, uh, we always look um, at the population trends in the area. Is the population coming in or is it flocking out? Uh, what is the job market like? So, so in that sense, it's very very similar to multifamily. Uh, are there jobs in the area? Who are the major employers? Are they there to stay, or are they going to be kicked out by the next Amazon from the area? And then we look at the demographics and the type of jobs that are in the area. Uh, is there enough jobs to support the population that's coming in? And will people 
with these jobs be able to afford housing for their families, you know, with typical size of the family, whether it's two, three, five, or, you know, whatever number of people, can they afford buying these mobile homes? Is this something that uh, can potentially uh, be applicable to our strategy and to our mobile home park uh, purchase investment? So those are some of the key uh, components that we look at when we enter the market. Now, a big part of the the area is the municipality sure. and, and local zoning laws, things like that, that are you know, many times outside of our control, no matter what a- asset class we're in. But um, you know, municipalities generally tend to be fairly anti-mobile home parks. True. So as you're investing in mobile home parks and, and assessing the municipality and figure out whether they're friendly or what have you, amenable to your business plan, what do you do in that due diligence process to evaluate the municipality? Sure. So just like with multifamily, we look at the areas that are landlord friendly as opposed to tenant friendly. And that's rule number one. So we only go into states and municipalities that are purely landlord friendly. That's very, very critical for us. Um, another key component we look at is whether the park will support the value-add strategy. And what I mean by that, uh, let's say the park currently has 55 pad, but there is space to add another 30, 40, or 60, whatever the number is. So that gives us an ability to add value to this park by potentially adding more mobile homes or maybe RV vehicles into the area or something of that nature. If uh, the park is fully occupied by the homes, if there is no space to add anything else, then we need to look um, at the other options. If there is any other way to increase rents or maybe add additional storage space to give something of a value to the mobile home park owners or tenants so they can use and add extra income to open polar. But, uh, you know, to your point, looking at the municipality, I know some people are looking into strategy where uh, they find an empty lot and they potential thinking of building uh, an infrastructure and bringing the mobile home park community into the area. But I know it's very difficult. Uh, we personally never try that. And I, I, I don't know what's involved, but, you know, just like everything else, I, I know it's going to be very challenging. And I know when it comes to mobile homes, uh, there are not that many new that have been built in general. And that's why uh, the supply of mobile home parks is very, very limited. And that's why it's becoming more and more challenging to find good mobile home park investments in general. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, the supply is dwindling over time. And, and that's for a, sure. That's a big problem. Yep. So when evaluating, one of the big concerns when we invest in syndicated deals is the sponsor, right? So we have the deal and the sponsor, and they're both critical. Arguably, the, the sponsor is you know, more important. Absolutely. When you're looking at a mobile home park deal sponsor, in what ways is that distinct from evaluating a self-storage or a multifamily sponsor? And in what ways is it similar? Is it distinct at all, really? I mean, what do you do when you're evaluating a sponsor? What should investors think about when they're evaluating sponsors? Sure. Mobile home parks. 
first of all, I think there are many more similarities, and if there are any distinctions, then there are probably much fewer on that. But when um, evaluating the sponsor, and that really should be step number one for any passive investors looking into passively investing in syndications, uh, the most important thing is uh, to read the deal sponsor history, their plans, their strategy that they've implemented in the past, what kind of deals they brought into play, how many um, investments they've already turned around, whether they have been through a recession, uh, how many recessions they've gone through, and in general, what are their strategy, what is the strategy they're trying to implement, and whether this specific strategy is aligned um, with your beliefs and goals as a person and b believe it or not in, in some cases it may not align but the, the best way to find out is uh, to hop on a call and just have a conversation with the operator find out what they're about uh, how they go about um, applying their strategy and uh, you know we can use um, mobile home park example not our example but something I've read about um, online where tenants uh, that were living in the mobile home park community were actually complaining that this operator um, came and bought the park and was raising rents exponentially. And I'm not going to quote any names or numbers. I don't remember the numbers, but um, apparently the increase was so exponential that majority of the tenants couldn't afford it and were forced to leave the park and find another place to live so that uh, was unfortunate for that community and that's something that uh, we would never do as the operator we, we would make sure that um, if they're good tenants that we'll find a way to keep them and by the same token we'll, we'll come in and we would want to beautify the community and we want to make uh, the best of the park and make sure it's a, it's a great place to live and it's a great investment One of the big issues or or steps to take when considering getting into syndication passive investing is, you know, you have to evaluate these deals. You have to evaluate the sponsors, but you have to meet them, meet the sponsors in the first place. Sure. And you know, where should, when it comes to mobile home parks specifically, you know, multifamily syndicators are a little bit easier to find or probably the easiest to find than probably self-storage and then following mobile home parks. So you know, where can investors look to, find syndicators that are operating in mobile home parks, other specific industry meetings and publications or, you know, where, where do y'all meet? Yeah, absolutely. So the, there are conferences that are uh, not asset specific, for instance, just general commercial conferences that uh, investors can attend. Then uh, the famous social media site, like bigger pockets, it, it has, Tons of people that are either passively investing or actively investing or even uh, sponsoring deals in mobile home park space as well. So that's another great resource. And I always suggest to people that instead of posing a question, have you ever invested in mobile home park syndication, um, do the reverse engineering and go through the search yourself. Find uh, any hits on mobile home park syndication investing 
And regardless whether it's passive investor or active investor, reach out to people directly and talk to them. If it's an operator, great. Ask them the questions that you would normally ask an operator. If it's someone who invested passively, that's that's also good. You may learn about the assets uh, that this person has invested in and uh, maybe that will give you food for thought whether you, you would want or would not want to invest with this particular deal operator based on the feedback you receive. So I think bigger pockets and internet is a beautiful thing. If you want to learn about anything and everything, it's absolutely possible. So by typing in a simple, doing a simple Google search like mobile home park conferences, I, I'm sure you're going to get thousands of hits. And uh, you know, by by going to general commercial real estate conferences, uh, will also give you a, a good foundation, a good exposure. Because while you might be investing in a specific asset class, uh, regardless whether it's mobile home parks or family, by listening to what other people have to say about other asset classes, gives you exposure um, and gives you food for thought to to decide whether you need to. Uh, expand your horizon and potentially diversify and go into another asset class investment. Maybe invest in multifamily down the road or storage or something else. So I, I definitely think that networking virtually or in person or going to a conference is, is the best way to learn by talking to people and finding out what they're about, what are they investing, what are they doing, and just hearing what's going on in the industry is also a great way to know what's going on and uh, uh, by listening to podcasts uh, like, like your own by listening to people talking about um, their, their industry by hearing from the industry experts is the best way to learn about what's going on a lot of the information's out there but you have to go find it you have to go find the people who have the information go track them down as far as you know now that we've um, we've learned about how we can get into mobile home parks I'd like to cover how you got into mobile home parks, what your specific you know experience is in mobile home parks and then and other asset classes and your journey to where you are now in real estate. Can you you know introduce us to your background a bit and and tell us how you got into you know these various syndication deals and all, and all these you know twelve hundred doors and ten million dollar fund and five million dollar all these things you got going on. Sure. What brought you here? Sure. How'd you get here? And uh, I'll I'll try to be brief. So um I I started my career as a tax accountant. I although I didn't last in tax accounting for many years, uh, never enjoyed the field to say the least. Um taxes has always been um, on top of my mind, I've always been thinking, what are the ways I can minimize taxes? You know, and uh, as you grow in your career, you you get close and close to the higher tax brackets, and then you get hit by the AMT, the alternative minimum tax, and that really gets you thinking as to what are the ways I can minimize my taxes, and that has been on my mind for many many years uh, just like real estate i always thought about real estate investing but uh, it took me a very long time to finally take action so when i finally started doing my research um and um looking at to, into different ways of investing i came across the world of syndications and started digging deeper to see what is what are the syndications really about so um after doing the research i uh, decided that this is the type of investing that I wanted to do, and I took action by investing in 
apartment complexes, just like everyone else, because it was close to home, because I, like many other people, lived in apartments for many, many years. So I, I knew the asset class inside out. I, I knew how it operates. I lived in a typical bread and butter apartment complex, and I invested in, in, in the one just like that. But after investing in a number of apartment complexes, I realized that uh, there are ways to diversify my portfolio, not just out of Wall Street, which was my initial goal, to diversify my portfolio out of the stock bonds, mutual funds, because that's where I had everything, you know, I raised for one case. But there are ways to diversify your portfolio even further and go into other asset classes. And that uh, made me research um, other asset classes as to what, what else is out there. And that's how I came across mobile home parks as the asset class that uh, while it is as good as multifamily and, you know, th there are not, no two investments alike, but this asset class has its own unique style, excuse me, and this asset class offers uh, something that multifamily doesn't offer to such extent. It's a recession-resistant asset class where uh, multifamily, you, you have to be very particular when it comes to multifamily. Like you have to definitely stick to bread and butter. You can't go to the luxury apartments and you can't go to the apartments that are, uh, you know, like a really bad slumdunk neighborhood. When it comes to mobile home parks, um, it's, it's, it's a lot, uh, it's a lot more diverse, but by the same token, the asset class is a lot more, um, you know, economic times driven. So, and as, as I mentioned, when, when economy dictates that people cannot really afford to live, um, in, uh, more or less expensive housing, they turn to something that's, uh, less expensive of an option and mobile home is one such option and people turn to that. So that, that attracted me and uh, I decided to take action. Again, started with the operators, researched the operators, had a conversation with a few, and then took an action and started investing, and then brought investors into the mobile park uh, syndications as well. So far, it's been, it's been a good asset class to invest in. We're happy. Awesome. It's been a, it's been a big journey for you, and now your uh, numbers I have, and, and hopefully they're, they're up to date, uh, you're at 1,200 doors. $10 million in self-storage assets and $5 million in mobile home parks. Yeah. And I always, and I always look at uh, other asset classes to see what are the other asset classes to potentially invest in for myself and my investors. So I've started researching assisted living. I actually invested in assisted living, but now I, I just invested myself. I didn't want to bring anyone in. So I'm still evaluating this asset class to see if that's something that um, I want to help my investors extend their portfolio. But, um, I, I always start on my own um, until I complete the research fully. Yeah, the the we've had a few folks on to talk about assisted living facilities, and it's definitely it's an interesting opportunity. Um, but you know, in many ways, we need to as real estate investors, we need to specify or, or we need to uh, specialize on on asset classes. So we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. So it's, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but, uh, definitely a very, very appealing asset class for sure. as far as, you know, social impact and returns and, and across the board, definitely a lot of opportunity. There. Agreed. Agreed. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. 
So Alina, I have three questions I ask every guest at the end of the show. Let's get into them. Number one, what is the best investment you've ever made? The best investment uh, was and still is uh, a real estate syndication investment that I joined as an equity partner um, almost, well, I want to say almost immediately, but within the two-year time frame, we got half of our principal back and uh, it's going extremely well. Uh, we're getting the dividends that are slightly above expectations, so the operator is exceeding patients and obviously that makes uh, myself and I'm sure other investors very, very happy about it. On the other side of that, we have the best investment. The other side of that coin is the worst investment. What is the worst investment you've made? So my worst investment uh, was many years ago before um, I knew what a true real estate investor was. Uh, My husband and I bought a property in Philly area um, without doing much research, we basically just followed the trend. Uh, a bunch of our friends bought properties there. We followed them, bought a property. Um, we've had all kinds of troubles with it. We had evictions. We had uh, people breaking into it when it was empty. Um, we had uh, drug addicts living there. We had stolen pipes. Um, we almost had, um, you know, a lawsuit against it, but um, we sold it in time to avoid it. Sold it at a at a loss, and we're very happy to get rid of it completely. <laughs> nice. My favorite question of these three, I think it's the most important one, honestly, is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing? Uh, I think for me and for everyone else, the most important lesson is. Uh, before you get into anything, whether it's investing or anything else, you have to educate yourself. I think education is is the key. Uh, number one, it gives you credibility. It gives you an authority and desire to make the decision. You can make decision quickly, and you are absolutely sure in your actions when when it's not just a blindfolded decision, but when it's completely educated based on the information that you've digested, based on books you read, uh, seminars you went to, uh, experiences and conversations you had with other investors. So I think education is absolutely critical. And then building the right partnerships, if I can add a second. I think real estate is a team sport, and by having the right partners, by having the right team members on your team, uh, you will be uh, on your way to success in life. I love it. I love it. Both great. Thanks. So, Alina, thank you for your time today. It's been great. Where can folks get in touch with you if they want to learn more about what you're up to, if they want to talk about mobile home parks or self-storage or multifamily? Where can they reach out to you? They can find me on social media, whether it's my website, samofinancial.com or LinkedIn or Facebook or Bigger Pockets. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Certainly appreciate it. I think mobile home parks are an awesome opportunity. I haven't invested myself yet, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking for it. I'm, I'm absolutely interested in getting into the mobile home park space. So appreciate all the lessons today. And we will... On the show, we'll be getting uh, deeper into mobile home parks in the future. To all the listeners out there, if you're interested, just stay tuned. We're go- we're going to get there. We'll talk more deeply about mobile home park investing, get into some of the nitty gritty 
on that asset class. For now, thank you for tuning in to Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's an enormous help to podcasters to get that positive feedback, a big help. And if you know someone in your life that could use a little bit more passive wealth, please share the show with them. Invite them into our tribe. Let's get them on the train of getting some passive wealth generation going on. That's what we're here to do. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and we will talk to you on the next one. Take care.